Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Dan. And today we are covering the first episode of Survivor Season 38, Edge of Extinction. It smells like success, uh, said by Joe as he made the fire. Ah, yes. Okay. I was trying to remember who said that. (laughs) Um, I guess uh, my take on the episode is that it was pretty darn okay. Um, Nothing really special. Uh, and I don't know, it just felt like, uh, pretty rushed. I really think that two hours needs to happen or at least 90 minutes for these premieres. Cause it really felt really rushed. And like, I didn't get to know these people super well. Yeah. I think I was excited preseason for the cast. So I was able to ride that out for this premiere, but especially on rewatch, you sort of realize it was kind of spare and not a ton happened. Like we got some good moments, but it wasn't very uh, expansive as to the cast. So yeah, and I think we're obviously always in kind of a weird spot where like we do watch all the preseason content. We like like I feel like I know most of these people's like life story before I even watch the show. But mm-hmm. like ninety nine percent of the viewing public do not watch those things. So like they'd have no idea who any of these people are like <laughs> at all. Um, so I'm really glad I did the preseason just for my own like mental sanity of remembering these people because like I would not be able to keep track of who I uh didn't see or whatever. Um yeah. I guess like the cast I think is actually pretty okay. They're probably a little more muted in general than I expected. Like it seemed like they were a little more kooky, but that's probably just survivor editing thing. Um I don't know, what are you making of the cast so far on the show? Uh I mean, I liked the moments we saw, like Reem and Wendy were stars. I liked Keith a lot more than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, Julie was great. Uh, but some of the people like Aurora and Victoria, who were expecting stuff from Chris, weren't there. And so yeah, I, that's a weird like portent for the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree. I feel like the this is one of the biggest problems with return like split seasons is the narrative kind of becomes like are you working with the returnees or are you working against the returnees or are you working with returnees for now to go against the returnees later like in, inherently the storytelling just turns into um about the returnees uh, and so they have to obviously reintroduce themselves and then they have to like have everyone be like, oh my God, that's Kelly Wentworth, that's David, whatever. Like, um, So I feel like especially in an hour long premiere, it just kind of sucked out all the individualism from all the other people as like we have um, Lauren being like, oh my God, I love them. And then we have, like, like just all these people fangirling basically. Um, and then at that point, then there's only 24 minutes left to content and you don't know who like, like you got to show Keith swimming. So, uh, yeah, like, I'm hoping that's just a problem of it being an hour-long premiere, but I don't know. I'm a little worried um, because it also felt like the stories that they set up. Like, last season we came into this podcast and we're like, oh, my God, there's this story and this story and this story, and oh, I wonder where this one goes. Like, it's set up so much in this one. We were sitting here struggling to think of four, and most of them were just from Jeff Probst's speech. I think that's a bad sign for the season. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know if it's necessarily a bad sign, but yeah, it was definitely spare on like story leads. I know we're in the first episode, so there's not a lot to launch from yet, but yeah, I 
watched and then I rewatched and only really had one idea um, outside of Jeff's like opening speech. I think that's where a lot of you can base the, where the season is wanting to go based on that. So outside of that, there was only really one thing, but um, yeah, I don't know if it'll mean for a bad season, but it's an interesting start. I think the most telling thing for me was that there was effectively no bond shown. Um, we got the Lauren Kelly relationship. We got um, Reem, Wendy, and Keith relationship that was broken in that episode. Um, we got Gavin, Eric, and then other than that, I don't think we and like the returnees talking. Um, yeah, I don't think we got anything other than that um in this hour episode those are the only bonds the only people who talked about each other in confessional were aurora about joe and eric about gavin um like i feel like that's kind of like a weird thing is like we don't like i feel like this is my guess is this could be a tribe season um because there's no individual bonds on these tribes apparently (laughs) i'm not sure i think i think the premiere was wise and how they split their time like, hopefully, Kama does get more focus later on, but they really focused on Manu and setting up some sort of narrative there. So, yeah, I hope more gets established with Kama later on to sort of balance that out. Um, I think overall, they really did a smart thing with the new twist in that they made Reem a very obvious first boot, mm-hmm. and then that allowed them with the edge of extinction to just be like, but she still has a chance. So yeah, it's yeah actually, I, I, like I didn't hate it on that standpoint from a, like a storytelling standpoint. Cause it's like, we're going to make you feel really bad that this girl's getting voted out. Um, because you know, she's still going to be here. Uh, it's kind of like a wink at the audience. Um, I thought that was pretty clever. If they're go- like with this twist, um, it does, I feel like suck the impact of them getting voted out. But when it's someone you like, that's less bad. Um, so, yeah, I almost wish they hadn't tried to shoehorn in that Wendy side plot. Or I guess I wish the actual contestants hadn't voted Wendy and mm-hmm. almost sent her home. Because I think Reem was such a strong character that you could easily see as a first boot. And just sending her home would have been It's wild that they split the votes episode, like, in, like, the first episode, first vote. Like, yeah. Like, I thought that was bold. Like potentially alienating someone on your tribe, um, but I do think like, yeah, I agree. Like, I think like War Dog being like maybe we should go for Wendy was really strange, especially because he didn't talk to anyone other than David about it. And then like, I don't know it, it was a little weird there. Um, so there's some like inconsistencies and stuff. I thought it was kind of weird that Keith basically narrated the entire Manu tribe the whole time. Um, there's some like weird choices I thought throughout this. Yeah, um, for sure. I thought it was like bog standard, probably slightly below average Survivor premiere. Um, and but I did think that challenge was pretty cool with the giant side puzzle. That was pretty neat. Uh, I felt it was like, look, here's a selection of the Survivor props you'll be seeing throughout the season. Like we've got ropes and a slide puzzle and slides and all that i thought it was kind of bland like a like mishmash just, yeah they're just Frankenstein. doing survivor tasks and i was like okay um yeah i did like bleeding face kelly wentworth that was pretty uh epic <laughs> um, she just got like a really bad rope burn like it kind of does yeah like, it's just like a face 
blister or something. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of weird choices going on in editing that I think we'll address as we get to each specific person. Um, yeah, so um, I guess if you're new to this podcast, every week we go through the stories of like how we think the long-term narrative shaping. And as, as we kind of teased, um, this one has very few. Uh, I think they're all kind of weak right now because this episode seemed way more focused on just individual stories. Uh, would you agree with that instead of broad? Yes. Yep. Yeah, like, I feel like I, a lot of people have individual stories already, but um, there isn't a whole lot of uh, long-term stories. But I think there are a couple that are important and did cross multiple people, multiple tribes. So number one is... In Jeff Probst's uh, little speech at the start, he says that survivors are uh, unpredictable because e- something along the lines of, like, even the greatest players ever haven't won. Um, and you're always right on the quote-unquote edge of being voted out. Um, and that was super prevalent in this episode. Uh, specifically with uh, Keith, who is like, oh, I, I see I'm on a sinking ship. I'm going to adapt conquer and uh whatever the other thing is jeff probes said um and flip on wendy and reem throw them under the bus hard uh because he was on the edge of being voted out so i think that's going to be an important theme yeah i think with the just the theme being edge of extinction and the castaways not knowing what that is right away um i think this is where they're always questioning what that means you saw it with i think joe eric and Gavin, maybe, on comma, talking about what the theme actually means. Mm-hmm. So there's some. they want to tell you that there's some suspicion of, uh, about what the theme could actually mean. Um, and I think that's where unpredictability played in for me. Yeah, I think that's pretty spot on. Like, um, And yeah, I think, like, I, I imagine this is going to be actually a theme that we keep coming back to, similar to last season's, like, uh, standing up for yourself versus other people. Um, there's weird focus on him. Like it's weird for them to build up the bond of Keith and Reem only for in that episode for him to betray it. Um, it's very much like, uh, it's, it's funny that it, it comes from Keith because he's the one who like couldn't swim, but it's like, um, if you're drowning, like find somebody to push down so that you can, uh, keep swimming kind of thing. Um, Mm-hmm. Like, there's definitely that sort of theme going on, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually the metaphor they're trying for, is, like, uh, pushing someone down while you're drowning. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I think this is going to be something that we keep coming back to. I feel like we're going to get a lot of people playing the Sandra game, quote-unquote, uh, of anyone but me. Mm-hmm. I think another place you saw is when Ron found the secret advantage. He talks about how the advantage meant you. Um made him change his game. He doesn't want to be the first person voted out. He wants to use that advantage to like mm-hmm. do better than that. So it's always talking about adapting and the unpredictability of the game. That's actually really smart. Um, Cause yeah, actually we had a lot of people focusing on not wanting to be first out and Ron's the first one to vocalize. Like, listen, like, like being first out was my first plan was like not to do that. But now I have broader dreams. Like that's actually, that's actually pretty spot on. Um, So I wonder if more people are going to be like, now that I'm not the first out, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Maybe. Especially with this season's theme where even if you're the first one out, it doesn't mean the end. So I hope that means. 
uh, we're just all hoping for Reem to win. It's just the undercurrent undertone of this episode. Um, we'll get to Reem in a in a long while. Um, but if we're done with that story, are you finished? Well, yeah. Use Reem to segue into the theme I sort of brought from this episode was motherly energy. Um, of course, all the time in Survivor, you're seeing sort of a mom figure. Um, you got your like Don or uh, why am I struggling? That's for example, the only mom to ever play Survivor. I, I'm yeah. sure you could say like Chrissy Hoffbeck or yeah, know. like older women and like just honestly the way the game of Survivor isn't fair to them. It's a struggle for them. Think like your Monica Culpepper, just things like that. Um, and this season already in this cramped premiere. We saw Reem very explicitly go through, like, Keith calls her a motherly figure, and she's like, don't call me that. And then it's part of the reason she's voted out. Um, but aside from that, on the Kama tribe, you have Julie, who is also this older woman who talks about wanting to break free from that mom figure archetype. And you see her do things like chop bamboo, and she talks about that. So. I think that's an interesting parallel. I don't know if there are any other mothers on the season that just didn't explicitly say it. Looking at the cast, it doesn't look like it. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that progresses with both Julie and Reem, since they still are both here. Mm-hmm. I think the thing is, I think we were intended to be seeing Julie as um, doing well. Like, obviously, like, a little goofy because it's like, oh, yeah. she chop the wood. But um, I do think it was meant to be like Reem told people at one point she didn't want to be seen as a mom. But then I think it was like kind of Keith brought it out of her, um, brought those like kind of like motherly qualities out where then she's like folding everyone's laundry and all that. Like that's very motherly. Whereas Julia explicitly says she doesn't want to be one. And then doesn't, we see no evidence of her being super mom. Like, um, and in fact, she's more of like a Sari, like out of fish out of water uh, than she is mm-hmm. mom, yeah. which I think bodes well for Julie. I think there's probably some intended contrast between Reem and Julie. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I, it, it was very clear. Like, it was very present. Like, like I'm surprised the episode title wasn't like mom energy or something like that, because um, <laughs> it was really, really in focus on both tribes. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like that bodes really, really well for Julie. Yeah, I sort of gone on a journey with Julie as I watched live and then rewatched. So we'll get to her. But yeah, I'm interested to see where her story goes, because the motherly theme sort of felt like the primary one in this episode. And Julie didn't get a lot of content, but it was there. So I feel like something is being uh, set up for future episodes. Yeah, she got like an entire segment, like, like, and then nothing else. You know what I mean? Like she got like, a whole confined little arc in an episode and then just was gone. Like she didn't, I don't think she spoke other than that, um, which is just odd. Like it's a yeah. very strange way to edit something. And if you um, like look at other people who got like less content or like similar levels of content, like it's really surprising. Like to think that Chris got less content than Julie here. Um, mm-hmm. Eric and Gavin are about on the same level. Ron's on the same level. It's like, where do you put that all in? So, Yeah, like, Julie really got, like, 
a lot more than you'd like expect probably from her just like mm. as a personality uh which is definitely something to watch out for yeah. um so i guess this next one is a little weird so um very clearly this episode was kind of about like people transitioning like what experience means so like specifically with the returning players we have like david being like on my season i was a scrub who no one wanted to listen to and now i'm at the top and everybody wants to uh hear what i think about the shelter or whatever um there's definitely a theme of becoming a leader what being a leader means and what experience brings to the game kelly worth brings up experience a bunch um and then the newbies also bring up their um experience Eric mentions being a uh, firefighter, how that'll help. That's obviously bog standard survivor stuff, but uh, it was so present in this episode that like new players just know more um, with kind of a biting edge to it. Like it didn't seem extremely positive, um, but it was clearly there. And I feel like that's probably there in all survivor seasons, but this one probably had a little bit more focus because it kind of felt like all the returnees other than Kelly didn't have a story beyond this. Yeah, I think with the four returnees, it definitely was almost by default a stronger point. Like you get uh, Joe saying, people think I'm amazing, but I need to lay low. Or Aubrey thinking, in a tribe like this, I just need to lay low and wait for my time to strike. Um, Yeah, I think it's interesting how David's uh, confessional happened where he was like, yeah, people are seeing me as a leader now, but it almost felt like he didn't feel like he was the leader everyone was seeing, but he sort of had to adapt to that. So He also had the worst confessional ever where he said, um, obviously we'll get to that when we get to him, but uh, where he said, uh, I'm going to help them out in the early stages of the game, which is uh, just never say early stages of the game if you go on Survivor. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like this theme might be connected. Like, do you have anything else to say about this, like, leader experience theme? I don't think so. I think you're right that it's yeah. connected to the next theme. Yeah, I think this this next theme is the one that I kind of picked out as the... If we're going to have, like, a predominant season theme, I think it's going to be this one. Uh, I don't have, like, a fancy title for it yet, but... Um, which, uh, usually we have pretty fancy titles for these themes, but... Um, <laughs> learning. Um, learning was all over the place in this premiere throwback to the julie content she learns how to chop down the um like the sheltered bamboo uh that's a big moment of uh discovery for her keith gets taught how to swim and not only like not only is it like we see him struggle really badly in the water uh push through or whatever and then ask to be taught and get taught now he's a better swimmer um Joe asks Aurora if she's a visual learner with cutting the coconut. And then Aurora is like, yes, I am. Thank you for appreciating that. And um, now I'm, and then she gets a confessional talk about how much she loves Joe. Um, Like, honestly, learning was just all over the place in this episode. Uh, The bamboo weaving or like, or not the, the tree, like the leaf weaving. Yeah. They were very explicit in showing on both tribes, like people, doing it like wendy teaching people julie mm-hmm. struggling with it like it was more explicit than it's almost ever been yeah there's never been more focus on the weaving of the shelter the palm fronds yeah the palm fronds that's what they're called <laughs> i was like what the heck is this now? but yeah like um and i think it the most 
pressing part of it, I think, was when Eric is talking to Gavin. And Eric's like, listen, dude, like, sure, I like the returnees. Like, Joe's a cool guy. Aubrey, whatever, she's nice. But, like, I came on Survivor to learn this stuff for myself. I don't want uh, someone else teaching me. I don't want someone else doing it for me. This is my Survivor experience, and I wanted to do it myself. Um, I want to learn how to make the fire. I want to learn how to do all that stuff. Um, I want to learn how to do the social politics. I think that is super, pro- like, learning and what it means in this game of Survivor uh, is, I think, going to be this, the theme. That's my guess, is, like, the main theme of this season. Because it was all over the place. Mm-hmm. I think a sort of tangent off that is with Edge of Extinction in play and that being a really barren place, um, You more than ever you want to learn how to survive and like mm-hmm. do these things because it's actually crucial to a part of the game. Like Obviously, it's crucial to survive, but Survivor's not really about that anymore. Or it wasn't. It was about gameplay. Now it's going back to that. So um, you get people who are both wanting to learn about how to survive and people who are like, yeah, I can't do that. And I think it's an interesting touch point. So, yeah, true. Wow. Yeah, because we literally have Aurora saying like, well, I don't have to make shelter. I don't have to make fire. Joe's got that. Um, I feel like that's a bad sign for Aurora. (laughs) Yeah, that's Um, my like primary talking point for her. So. We'll get to um, soon, so. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just trying to think, like, honestly, this theme probably bodes really well for the returnees on Extinction Island, and I feel like, maybe this is early, I feel like this theme being so in your face in this first episode is a sign that we're losing some of these returnees pretty fast. Uh, well, I feel like I, I also come to that conclusion, but maybe not because of the learning thing, like... I mean, yeah, like, I think... Hashtag early stages of the game. But um, (laughs) yeah, I feel like that kind of, for me, that kind of confirms it with all their stories kind of being like, before I was a nobody and no one wanted my thoughts, but now they do. Um, And Joe being like the teacher in quotation marks. um, I feel like, yeah, because like Eric mentions him being a teacher. uh, Aurora mentions him being a teacher. I feel like that's actually a pretty good sign that he'll end up over there. Or at least some of these returnees will. Um, mm-hmm. but me- meanwhile, Aubrey says that, uh, you can't, we can't be making the fire for them forever. So, yeah, I know it's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess we'll move on to our tribe section where we go through everybody. This is going to be the part that makes just way more sense. Cause again, these, end of it, these <laughs> long stories are super, I feel like the least developed of any of the seasons we've done, um, by far. It's also yeah. just premiere. So may take that with a grain of salt, I guess. But Okay, so we're gonna start out with the Kama tribe, which uh, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna throw some uh, doubloons on who I think is gonna win, I think a winner's coming from the Kama tribe. I think it's our complex tribe. Me too, and that's weird because they didn't go to tribal; they were kind of quieter in the very Navidi esque. So I guess hopefully we're right at the end of the season, and then you can look back on this and be like. Oh, what's a complex tribe look like that doesn't go to tribal first? And I think it's this. I think like, so too. It's not the, a great example, but if you compare the two, you can see why. Yeah, like what's a complex tribe look like if they don't go to tribal and it's in an hour long premiere? Like, and there's returnees. So. And there's a twist that they yeah. have to devote some time to. Like, I feel like uh, I feel like that's what comma looks like. Yep. 
So I guess we start out with the A's. So let's start out with our good pal, Aubrey Bracco, who was shockingly low visibility in this episode. Yes. Like, I don't know. I guess she was present for a good amount of time. Like, we got to touch in with her twice, I think, at the actual tri-beach. But, yeah, for a returnee, like, across the board for returnees, I think, other than Kelly, they were pretty quiet. So, um... Not much to say about Aubrey. It doesn't feel, like we said in our preseason, it doesn't feel like she's being set up for a win here. Like, the stuff's no. just not there. And the tribe itself feels pretty hostile towards her. So I just don't have high hopes for Aubrey, I guess. Yeah, and she kind of really undermined, I thought. Like, um, her, her, she only got, like, one or two confessionals. One of them was, like, I'm just going to lay down in the grass, be under the radar, <laughs> Uh, and then be ready like a cobra um, when the time's right, because I don't like I don't want to stick my head up too high or it'll get lobbed off. Um, I think that's really not good when we've already had Eric say I'm I want Aubrey out. Yeah, um, like clearly she's not doing a good job of laying on the radar, or it's just impossible for her. Either way, like it's bad that she's saying that's what she wants to do, and she's clearly not. Um, yeah, it's just you a could... subtle way. You could be like, well, yeah, she can't do it. Like, people are targeting her. But for the edit to be showing this specific confessional where she wants to lay low, and then that's obviously not going to be her key to success is a bad sign, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's telling us that that's the wrong way to do it. <laughs> um, and, like, I don't know. I don't have super high hopes for Aubrey. Um, I... I don't know. Like, I, I guess there's one possibility where it's, like, it's okay for her, where it's, like, she's gonna be, like, like Eric's gonna come for her and maybe lose, but I think I have more hopes in Eric's edit as of right now than Aubrey's, so. Mm, yeah. I I guess I feel like Eric's side is going to win. I don't have high hopes for Eric, but we'll get to him. <laughs> oh, no. Um. Yeah, okay, so I feel like Aubrey also just had, like, some weird, like, like, I feel like she's really feeling awkward in this role as, like, leader. Like, she went yeah. to Joe. Like, when she was talking to Joe, it was just awkward. Um, Like, when she's like, oh, we can't make the fire forever. Like, it, it almost felt villainous. Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to say about Aubrey. She feels weirdly, like, almost like a celebrity and not a returnee. Mm-hmm. Like, her confessionals just felt really, like sort of just like a star like not in a good way like they were good confessionals but just like yeah i'm back and you know me but i'm over this crap (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and like i think she was more visible in the game changers premiere um and obviously she was pretty invisible for the entire season so uh, yeah i don't think this bodes well for a super fun character opry yeah i guess next Uh, up we have our girl aurora aurora um is really living up to her super dramatic um will tell people off whenever uh that she was hyping up preseason just kidding she's just completely in joe's corner yeah like uh invisible characters and beginning with a letter early in the alphabet like name a more iconic duo yeah it's like every season we've done at our angela's and our alex and now here's aurora and yeah she had that one comment about how she doesn't need to do anything because Joe will do it. And all of that is like not good winner content. 
Yeah, I think Aurora is one of the very few I'm, like, almost ready to just eliminate. Like, um, it's just, like, this isn't the kind of content a winner gets. Uh, yeah. I, I, like, at all. Like, I'm lazy and I'm not gonna do anything. And also, Joe's pretty cool. Like, all of those are horrible signs. Um, she so, feels like she might have, like, Bradley upside. But, yeah. Like, maybe she could be a f- okay character. Like, but I kind of think she's gonna, like, I could see her getting voted out as a proxy to Joe. Um, like, like he doesn't, like, he swaps away from her or whatever. Um, it felt like they could have just given anyone her confessional. Like, she probably just had the best one about being like, I'm gay and I still like Joe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I don't know, like, I just feel like, I feel like she isn't gonna be a super fun character. Um... She, I, she, I think you're right. I think she's going to be our invisible person that we're going to talk first every week. Yep. <laughs> um, um, yeah, she plays into, like, the learning theme, but in a bad way. Like, yeah. she's, just of, she's just one of these characters who, like, you don't want your introduction to be like, I'm terrible and have no positive qualities. Bye, see you next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, nice to meet you. I am terrible. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so... Uh, stay tuned for, like, episode five, where I'm like, but what if Aurora, though? Mm. So, but yeah, I guess on to Eric. Who apparently we have wildly different views on. Um, I love the episode being like, alright, like, let's just fast forward this, like, okay, like, the firefighter guy's winning again. Um. Uh, okay. Uh, it just felt like, I don't know, I guess if you're looking at Kama as sort of the quieter tribe... It makes more sense, but it felt like he could have just been stronger. Like, Mm -hmm. um, it just didn't ring right for me. Like, as much as he wants to target Aubrey, it didn't feel great either. Like, I know he said Aubrey had villainous turns, but Eric just going straight for Aubrey doesn't feel great either. Especially Um, when they didn't interact. Yeah. It's weird that Gavin in that moment got, like, a lot of personal content whereas Eric was the second person to that. It felt like sort of Wendell and Dominic-y. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, just, I think his side is going to win, but I don't think he's winning. And I also think part of me was maybe, like, really subconsciously, like, just hoping, like, no, please, no. Like, don't let this happen. <laughs> and so I sort of blocked it out. And so maybe higher on his chances than when I started recording today, but still low. Yeah, I think the thing with Eric, I think I think I'm mostly in agreement with you. Like I think he's gonna be an important player long term. Uh I don't necessarily think that means that he's gonna win. And I do think of the two, Gavin's probably their more likely winner. Um but yeah like I feel like the fact that, like, I feel, I feel like it's impossible to ignore that Eric and Gavin were really the only relationship built where they both talked about each other. Um, yep. Like, it's almost impossible to ignore that. Um, it's clearly an important duo, or else it wouldn't happen. Um, they both get personal content. Um, Eric's just one of those people who I feel like, I feel like he's a little boring, so I get his lower visibility. Oh, he's a lot boring. <laughs> I, uh... I really liked when he was like, like, let's just hide behind Joe, like those big perfect shoulders or whatever. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. 
I, I like I don't know I I I'm not one of those people who dislike I I don't like the online community generally dislikes these like alpha dudes I usually like them I don't know um and yeah like preseason Eric was really good uh this is about as good as I'd expect him to look um because I think he's somebody who you could kind of invisible I think he could easily be getting the Chris treatment because he is again a little boring um so I think all that bodes very well for Eric he's definitely going to be on my contenders list for a long time. Uh, he has a story. He doesn't want to be told what to do. Uh, unfortunately, it is a story that could backfire pretty quickly. Um, you think but- so? I think the hardest thing with Eric is me picturing when he like leaves the game. Like, if he doesn't win. Oh, really? I could easily see him. Like, I could easily see the story be, I don't want to be told what to do. Um, like, let's go after Aubrey. I'm tired of these returning players. And then... Like, the Auroras and everyone's like, eh, <laughs> sorry, bud. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess it could be sort of like a Jeremy, uh, last season Jeremy turn, where yeah. he didn't look so bad in the first episode. I mean, he didn't look like much in the first episode, but then we ended up booting him over Natalie, so. Yeah, you wouldn't expect the, like, you wouldn't have ever expected, uh, like, Jeremy in episode two or whatever, who just gets all this good content. Uh like losing to natalie i feel like eric's one of those people who theoretically could lose to aubrey um Mm -hmm. and it'd be kind of like because like i feel like every time we've ever had one of these seasons there's always been somebody who's been like against the returnees on every tribe like francesca is a good example and like francesca got good content like i think the survivor producers want to be like hey thanks for having a backbone but they still go yeah so um, I think Eric has a little vault. Like Eric has like either extremely short term or he's long term. I think. Yeah, I think I have. I was struggling for like contenders throughout this episode, and I have some like Manu stragglers that I might probably just bump Eric up over them. So yeah, I think the problem is like with the Manu tribe. Like they went to tribal, and it seemed like none of them talked to each other. Like that's so horrible. It- it doesn't seem like any of them, like, we want to root for, except for, like, mm-hmm. Keith and Wendy, who aren't winning. <laughs> yeah, like, like Wendy is, like, the only one. And, like, Keith abandoned his people in the first yeah. episode. <laughs> like, it's, like, real bad. But we'll get to that later. Next yep. up, we got our boy Gavin, who we already kind of talked about. Um, yep. I feel like I haven't looked at a lot of charts yet, but I feel like Gavin's going to be, like, the guy on everyone's charts. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy on my chart. Like, it was a journey, but I think I was also kind of hesitant to have the Southern boy winning back-to-back seasons, but sometimes that happens, so... And uh, I mean, he's gonna really pay off from the fact that these people haven't seen next season. Yeah, definitely. Like, I'm sure next season, like, Country Guy gonna get targeted immediately, (laughs) but for now, it's still gonna... Like, all the things that worked out for Nick still gonna work out for him. Um, Yeah. I actually... Like, maybe this is uh, a heresy because Nick won. I think Gavin seems like a more capable player. Um, Oh, yeah. Nick was. Like, he just seems like he gets it better and he's more social. And obviously, he's not about to be the first boot in this episode. Um, So, I mean, I think if Nick can translate that into a win, I think, like, obviously, they're not the same person. But they feel, like, identical archetype-wise. I'm sure they're going to get very similar confessionals all the time. Um... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really high on Gavin as a player. At, it's and it's really good. Um, 
he got good funny personal content like like casuals road will remember him as the guy who ate the deep fried pickles or whatever yeah which are from texas roadhouse and i live in nebraska and we have a texas roadhouse so that is not real southern food <laughs> delicious though yeah i feel like anywhere can deep fry a pickle like it's really not i don't know like i but, live in i'm a canadian uh in case you don't know audience um and we have deep fried pickles here so i don't know um wow, so southern yeah, so southern. I mean, I live in southern Canada. Are you are you going to be the southern boy now that Canadians are allowed yeah, to apply? Maybe. maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like Gavin got good. Like, because like one thing like with winners is like in the first episode, almost always they get some sort of thing to remember them by. Like, like the most famous probably is uh, Mike Holloway eating the scorpion. It's like, oh wow, that's the guy who ate the scorpion. Um, like Gavin's like he has a bunch like he's either the guy who's gonna get a stoplight for his town or he's deep fried pickles yeah um but then he also got strategic content where he outlines his game we get a relationship for him like he really has all the check boxes of like a solid foundation of a good edit Mm, i think that's sort of the theme of my first episode picks is all my contenders have something strong that happened in this episode yeah that makes me think they have a chance so like, there really aren't any winners. Like, obviously, Tina is probably the only exception. But, like, most winners have some sort of, like, weird defining trait in the first episode. Like, Nick's the guy who made all the nicknames. And also is the one who said, like, oh, David Wing or whatever. Like, there's always something in the first episode that they can point to in a little montage. Like, your other sparest example is probably Natalie. But he w- or she was one of Russell's dumb blonde girls. So, yeah. she was there. Like, yeah, like, there's obviously the exceptions, but for the most part, like, unless we're getting a Natalie White-style winner, which, again, probably is never happening again, um, like, generally... At least if we're not getting one, especially if there's no, like, Russell Hant second place, mm-hmm. and there's not one in this season. Yeah, like, no one, like, until somebody gets, like, 50 confessionals in the first episode, like, it's just not happening. Like, yeah. Um... So I guess that's that's probably good for Gavin, right? Like I feel like yep. he's, he just he just has one of those like kind of perfect edits right now, um, where it, it, you'd be like if he's not on your list, like I'd say reevaluate and probably put him on your list. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I even have him number one because um, huh. I think he's probably I think it might be too perfect. Um, but no, that's what you said about Wendell, and I mean we took I, a journey. Episode one, I was like Wendell, a hundred percent good, but. Uh, Gavin was, like, a little less, like, I don't know, like, maybe, I don't know. I'm a little less high on him than I feel like I should be, but. Yeah, right now, like, my ideology is, like, I'm strong on this Gavin premiere. It's great. I'm not swaying. Never swaying. No episode five Aurora conspiracies. That's wise. But it's going Uh, to happen, so get ready. So, next up, we got our boy, not so Joey Amazing um at least that's what he wants um at least he got a narrative like he wants to not be joey amazing anymore uh it's probably not good that immediately everyone's like wow joe you're amazing but (laughs) it it didn't feel awful like no he's like maybe fifth or sixth on my list like i guess he's the only returnee who can win i think Eh. i i have someone on the other tribe okay obviously but (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't, like, outstanding. It's not going to be a coronation edit for Joe, but... No. 
or it might i mean i i think there is actually the um possibility this is the coronation and it just in a the sad ex- edge of extinction style one um this teaching team <laughs> is so good for joe who was like the voice of like hey is that your learning style um like, <laughs> that's that's pretty good um he did get relationships he's again one of the only people who have any relationships coming out of this episode mm-hmm. um even eric doesn't want to instantly kill him um like i feel like he's really well set up here uh and, and honestly this episode made me like kind of turn a side eye to all these people being like my two favorite players are joe and kelly it's like oh wow um <laughs> this episode made me really realize that but uh yeah joe's like i don't know like i feel like in this season you can never count this dude out um with this twist like and this this edit was enough for me that I'm I'm sure he's always gonna be like, oh, what if Joe comes back and wins? Yeah, yeah. It's like unless he just goes invisible, I think you're always gonna be considering him, especially like, like if he gets voted out soon, and we have to see how Edge of Extinction is sort of edited. Like maybe even then, it's just I don't know. I think one of the most telling things with Joe is that like. Like, one, he's the only one who, like, other than, Kelly has a little bit of a long-term story, but he's the only one who has, like, he outlined his plan. Like, he's like, I'm, like, Joey Amazing is my problem. Like, I need to be more chill. Um, And, okay, so he got a little undermined, obviously, but I feel like getting undermined about people talking about how much they love you and want to work with you is, like, not really being undermined. And I've seen a lot of people online be like, well, Joe can't win because he got undermined. I think that's the, the the least bad undermining of all time. Hmm. I I don't know. It's it's hard. It's like Aubrey where he's just getting he's the returnee, so he's getting mm-hmm. sort of this vision. And I know I said for Aubrey, like the edit sort of is undermining them, not the players so much. So Yeah. He wasn't like his strategy wasn't explicitly like dismantled here. Yeah. I would say, honestly, if Joe's going to win, I think he's going to get voted out and come back. I don't think we're going to see a Joe dominates the game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thing. But I think there is actually room for him to leave and come back with this, the way they've set this up. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, next up we got our girl, Julia, who at brief times you could see her walking behind Eric and Gavin. Um, and at <laughs> yeah. other times... I'm sure she said some words. Oh, she said she likes Opry. Um, mm-hmm. Called it. Yep. <laughs> like well, she we knew this she, girl sucked. She also like directed from the sidelines on the puzzle, which <laughs> that puzzle was weird because they were like, oh, maybe Kama is going to lose this when they were never going to lose it. So like, I thought that was going to be a weird, like Julia first boot because of challenge performance stuff. But no, she was just like, barely there like i knew a girl if i were as a casual and hadn't done any preseason research i would know there's a girl who looks like julia on the comma tribe but i'd honestly think she's a producer like <laughs> like a cameraman or something like because like like literally it was like like i was watching the eric gavin scene again today and like they're they're walking down that path and julia and someone else i think it's joe is joe yeah okay that makes sense it looked like joe or just like behind them, like like to me when I was watching it live, I think I just was like, oh, that's probably like a cameraman or something. Like, like <laughs> oh I, yeah, I just 
I did I the same know. thing. I was rewatching today and I didn't notice in the live watch, but like, oh gosh, they're having this like kind of strategic discussion and like Julia's right there. Like, yeah. <laughs> like poor girl didn't get a confessional. She like, and not only that, she didn't say anything of value. Like she, mm-hmm. when you actually crunch the number, she wasn't invisible. She wasn't even UTR one or anything, but like, like she didn't say anything of value, but she like, <laughs> like at all, like, Oh, poor girl. I think it was just maybe the, like, crampedness of this episode. Like, it was all stretched really thin. Like, the people who got the most confessionals are Keith and Wendy with three. So it's not like anyone dominated. Um, yeah, and other other episodes, she'd be an easy UTR one. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, like, honestly, like, I, I would probably, if I was, like, being a, uh, like, a little bit of a dick, I would put her as invisible in this episode because nothing she said mattered. Audience has no idea who this girl is. Could easily mm-hmm. believe that she's a producer um, or, like, something weird like that. Um, it, it just didn't matter who she was, which is terrible for her, by the way. Um, yeah. Uh, like, Julia is one of the only people I have eliminated. Uh, very optimistic me is saying, okay, Kama Tribe wasn't in focus this episode. We'll see what happens episode two. I, I don't have high, high hopes, but, like, I'm curious. My problem with her is, honestly, like, preseason, we were both, like, this girl's pretty boring, and it's probably gonna get invisible, and unless she comes out and, like, really establishes her personality and stuff... Even if they try to reintroduce her later on, she's going to kind of bleed into the background, I think. Um, so I think if Julie is going to win, I think she honestly does need a big premiere. Uh, True. Like, or else people just won't remember her kind of thing. Um, yeah. I think I, despite, I, despite all that, though, I think she's in a weirdly, like, okay position on this tribe and is probably going to stick around for Oh, I'm sure. Oh, so. I'm sure that I'm sure Julie is going to be there till like the finals. I'm sure this is our like Sebastian. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or Chelsea or whatever, chilling in the final seven, um, <laughs> making that 30 grand or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, like no story at all. So yeah, <laughs> move on to the Julie who has content. Yeah. I love Julie. Julie. Yes. Well, yes, I love Julie. Like I am going to root for Julie to win until she is voted out and leaves edge of extinction um watching live i looked at that scene and was like julie is our winner julie's winning this is the great result we need for edge of extinction and personally um watching it back i realized she starts by like not knowing how to do the bam or the palm fronds and there's some goofy music playing so i'm it wasn't now, the dodo music though, to be fair. I don't know. I'm I'm really hesitant. Like she went down a few marks, but it's still a really good scene that seems wholly unnecessary. I'm curious to see where she goes. For me, honestly, I think you can be goofy in the first episode and win. I mean, like Mike ate, Mike ate and vomited up a scorpion for no reason. Um if if Mike can do that, Julie can mess up the pomp fronds. Uh, I th- I think she's a top tier winner candidate. She's on the right tribe. She got an entire segment devoted to herself. No one said anything bad about her, and we even got people kind of like clapping for her. Um, she's somebody who, if she got voted out, I think the narrative's there that she would come back. Um, mm-hmm. 
like a hundred percent. And then I think also she's capable enough that she probably won't get voted out for a long time. Uh, she's defi- she ties into that motherly energy thing in a good way. Uh, the learning theme, the experience theme, like everything is all really good for her. Uh, yeah. She got funny personal content that wasn't like, I'm a mom and I have kids. It was like, like I peed in Central Park. So you know where she's from. She's from the urban jungle or whatever. Yeah. Um, like, like I think along with Gavin, like this is everything you could want. Um, obviously, I think the Dodo music, like the goofy music's a little, little bad, but I don't think it's really the end of the world. And by the end, like it resolves immediately. So, mm-hmm. yeah, she's up there. Like it's another good edit for who she is as like as an archetype. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll have to see. It has to be good from like here on out. Like, yeah. If like next week she gets the same content, she's in trouble. We need to see where, because I think an interesting point is with Eric and Gavin going for Aubrey, the sort of first boot contenders we had on here, which is sort of like everyone after Joe alphabetically, all sort of feel like not first boot contenders. So we need to see where they fit in, though. Yeah, like, honestly, they really do need, like, we need to see who Julie likes, like, pretty fast. Um, Because I think this is going to be an important tribe. so we need to hear what she thinks, everything like that. But I think this was good enough for our first episode, especially an hour where they're not going to tribal. Yeah. Especially with Joe on their tribe who, I don't know, maybe they never attend tribal. <laughs> uh, that's probably good for her, right? Yes. Cool. Uh, next up, we got our boy, Ron Clark, who, like, is so weird and confessional. Um, yes. But he's got this advantage menu, which I think is actually pretty neat. Um, yeah. I'm a little unclear on whether he has to use these things by the third tribal or if he has to pick what he gets by the third tribal. I believe I he can he can pick one of them to use and he has to if he wants to use it, he has to use it by the third tribal. Okay. So so it's a little less strong than I thought, but um like I thought Ron like Ron Clark's one of these ones who like honestly he got really good content, but was it because he found this thing? Who knows? Um, mm. I think it was solely because he found that advantage. Like it felt so bare and only because we saw him pick up that advantage. Did he get content? Like true. And it was goofy. Like he dug a hole and then like collapsed because apparently <laughs> that was too hard. So I don't have Ron high in my list. But... Yeah. I think another weird thing is like, like Ron Clark is our celebrity on the season and he didn't introduce himself. Um, yes. Like no Especially other. in a in a season that's purportedly about learning. Like, yeah, that's also true. <laughs> uh, and like he's probably like I feel like if people if he like got something explaining who he is, I think people would recognize him. People will not recognize him if he doesn't. Yeah. I guess he did talk about being a teacher. Did he? Like when? Yeah. He said like um like the kids at home or whatever will um understand that this is just a game or whatever. I think that's when he was actually digging. I don't think it was in confessional. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yep. Uh, okay. But so still, that's, it... that's, that's okay. I, he's one of those people who, for me who's like right on the line. Like, I I need something to prove that it wasn't just that he found the thing. Yeah. Because, um, again, it is an hour long premiere. He is awkward as heck in confessionals. Um, so I could see if, like, he's somebody I'm not willing to eliminate yet. Um, but honestly, if he was on the Manu tribe, I'd probably eliminate him. Mm-hmm. 
I'm worried that he feels like he felt very Mike White preseason. He feels like he can be on that trajectory of like this edit's okay. Um, maybe it's the one we need, but mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna be hesitant to accept that. I think th- I think another thing though is like Mike White's first episode was like huge. You know what I mean? Like he talks about the emoji movie, he'll do anything for the money, like uh like he did get a lot of content in the That's first true. episode. Ron got one little scene um with no real story at all. Um so I do think like I don't know, I don't think Ron like I think Ron has some similarities, but I feel like this episode shows me he's if he's Mike White, he's not doing as well as Mike White did. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't know. He he I could see him being an okay character, but he's like really awkward. Yeah. So Yeah, so more awkward than Wendy. <laughs> yeah. No, I I love Wendy. Spoiler alert. Um <laughs> uh, that brings us to uh, my preseason official winner pick. Uh, Victoria, who totally can win. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. So basically it was like, hi, I'm Victoria. Like, I didn't say anything as bad as Aurora, but bye. <laughs> See, I think that, okay, I actually think this was good content for Victoria. Mm. Um, I think this, uh, granted, I 100% fell for Rourke and Triple H. Um could be very similar but she gets the first content coming into her tribe we get to hear oh this like this like pretty girl is a big survivor super fan that's pretty cool um and then her tribe doesn't go to tribal or anything uh so i think i think she got like the bare minimum that's good for her she's also like a weird person and if if you're gonna win they don't like the weird winners um so i feel like she like getting to introduce herself as like a normal super fan is pretty good and then maybe in the future she can then be more cartoonish. Um, like this is to me like the she has a good foundation, but like it needs to build up fast. Um, like she got a confessional; it was well placed. Uh, she was introduced pretty early on. Um, can't complain too much. Yeah, I think you're right in that it sounds like Rourke. Like <laughs> I'm not falling for that again. It was it didn't feel right place to me. It was like. All of a sudden, her and yeah, she's introducing the tribe, but more herself. And like, I don't know, it just doesn't feel correct. See, I think the fact that she got a survivor buff when she was in grade four is too boring to give just randomly. Um, I feel like this doesn't get aired if she doesn't, if she isn't an important character. I think she's maybe an important character, but I don't think she's winning. I still, I think I had her number four or something on my list. Mm. Mostly because she's on the right tribe. Like, sure. again, like, this is somebody who, if she was on Manu, I'd be like, uh, mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> try to overjustify. I really like her. I hope she, I hope we get the, like, the fun Victoria. Uh, yeah. And I think we will. I, think I feel will like too. that's what that confessional had a good, like, foresight for. Yes. But a winner, eh. <laughs> I, I have my hopes. High hopes. Um, and I think, like, I think the thing is for me is that looking on this tribe, I really do think our winner's probably from Kama. Um, and then no one's other than, like, okay, Gavin, Julie are way ahead of the pack, I think. Then Eric's in there in the shuffle. And then who else? I put Victoria. Joe, Victoria. Yeah, like I really think like like Ron Clark probably is not winning. Julie's probably <laughs> not winning. Aurora is not winning. Aubrey's probably not winning. 
I mean, yeah. she's not the best on her tribe. This is not a bad spot to be listed. Um, I guess that's our comma tribe. Yep. And as of right now, I think they're our complex tribe. Easily could change. Like, complex tribe is something that, like, matters by the end of the swap, not, uh... Yeah. The first episode. I think just the way the Manu tribe was presented... Was a disaster. Very, it was very quickly, like, 6-3, and then yeah. one of the three flips. And then the other one is trying to flip but is weirdly loyal also so, their shelter sucks they can't build the bamboo like there's a lot of uh yeah shade on the manu tribe um but yeah speaking of preseason winner picks who could have had a better edit why do we first, always fight over the invisible surfer dude <laughs> like <It's... laughs> david versus goliath me and joe both in our preseason assessment are like we both want Alec, and then I fold and pick someone else. Uh, and then in this one, we both fight over Chris. I fold, pick Victoria, and then he's invisible. Like, <laughs> yep. And also at the top of the list because yeah, of course. So yeah, Chris, like, also like didn't get a confessional just like Julia, which is even worse. Like terrible. <laughs> um, and yeah, really hits that like could have been a producer thing like sometimes chris would just pop in and say a line like almost as if he were like reading some script for the conversation so it was very true it was not good one thing tribal too like it was like like it felt like it was like like he's the cgi chris you know what i mean like yeah like he said something at tribal to reem and it was just like you've never interacted yet and (laughs) like (laughs) like it was like He's yelling. I don't know. Um, He's also just, like the one who goes up against Joe, climbing the rope in the immunity challenge. Oh, which, and he uh, beats Joe and gets no content about it. Yeah, it's weird because like Joe is in the like background, but I think he actually wins. Oh, okay. Because I like, well, I like was watching again. I was like, oh yeah, this is weird. And then by the time I thought that, like both of them had already rung the bell, so. That's still weird. I think it was like Chris beat him by a tiny bit, but I feel like if he yeah. was winning, you'd still get like, and look, he's evenly matched with Joe, or he's slightly better than Joe, or something. Yeah. Not yeah. <laughs> no mention that this person is keeping up with your like god out of Survivor challenges. Mm-hmm. It's very very Alec Merlino. <laughs> yes, and there's no like, uh, as far as I know, there's no drama to. That we can speculate on what that means, like there was last season. I guess my hope so. for Chris, honestly, is that he is Alec Morlino. Um, yeah, that would be great. I think it's <laughs> on the table, like, if he's just not... But, I don't know, as, as soon as Alec... Well, I guess Alec at the Natalie vote wasn't important. Um, nope. It wasn't until he swapped. Maybe it's the same sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris isn't winning, but I think we were both so high on Chris. I think Chris could bring so much to the table that I think maybe he could be an Alec tier character who I think really was incredible last season. Um, yeah. But yeah, like his winner changes are gone, but um, I think he, co- like, I, I feel like he, he talked enough that he's not like, like I think an invisible premiere is really bad for winning, but I think you can still emerge as a big character. And yeah, I have hope for, sure. for Chris. I don't have hope for Julia. Of our yeah. Of yeah. Yeah. I really don't know where Chris is going to end up. I just know it's not the winner. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I could honestly see him leaving in like the similar spot as Alec kind of thing. Or like the new Joe kind of thing where like 
he makes the merge and then like it's like oh wow he can actually compete with joe maybe joe's already voted out or something and something like that happens but yeah um but yeah that's chris next up we got david wright oh poor david Ugh, not not a good look one of my favorites of all time comes back and then just talks about how he'll be useful at the start of the game. Like, but that uh, he shouldn't be because he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, oh, what an awful episode. Kelly said it best at Tribal. Like, what about David? Like, why don't you care about him? <laughs> like, I guess it's. And also, he was like presented as War Dogs, uh, like lackey, which is yeah. horrible. <laughs> like, poor dude. Um, I. Yes, he's probably leaving soon, but like it kind of doesn't make logical sense. Um, it, the preview was very it was wanting to show us that like the returnees are in trouble, which oh right, as you will. Um, but yeah, it feels like things can get weird on Manu pretty quick. So yeah, and he did in in the next time on, he said he was going after Kelly. Oh yeah, yeah he's I could see David being our next boot or someone close to David being our next boot. Nah, eh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't want him to leave second, but... And actually, that would make a lot of sense why they would do an hour-long premiere. If they don't want to put two episodes here, they don't want to... They don't want to... Yeah. Returnee's sure. leaving first. Um, so yeah, that's actually really bad. His All his content was terrible. Yeah, I guess if we think really about it structurally, like... So for fall seasons, they're usually on the same night as the Big Brother finale, which is an hour and a half. So they mm-hmm. have that hour and a half time slot. Um, for a winter premiere like this, um, it's usually going to be like a typical CBS procedural following it up. So they can only yeah. do like one or two hours. So yeah, if he's the second boot, I guess. Well, maybe you do want it. I don't know. They probably had like some acronym <laughs> CBS show to fill yeah. that spot already. So yeah. But yeah, we've talked about how CBS works and not David Wright, so that's a good show of yeah. how good he's gonna do. <laughs> like, maybe there's a world where he like hitches on the War Dog side and like I don't know, is like a lackey. But like this showed me that he's not gonna be anything major in this season. Um, and like, I think the worst part is his introduction describes him as like scared of everything and bad at survival stuff. And then all his content was about like him being the leader. And then his tribe has the worst shelter. And like, there's a lot of like subtle undermining going on. Um, like it's just his, terrible. His one confessional talks about like, how he had to plug his ears when people were chopping stuff. And then it's literally him on this season. Wendy's chopping something and he like gets startled and yeah. No, not a good look. Yeah, like, honestly, like, David's down there with Chris and Julia for me. Like, unfortunately. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> uh, I hope he just gets another growth edit, please, King. Oof, speaking of growth edits, do I have a contender for you? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> oh, man. Keith, so all. Uh, better than I thought. Yep. I liked him. Okay, this episode when we were very concerned about him preseason. Um, but yeah, he's just sort of filling a slot that I don't think I'm too interested in when I watch the show. Like, no, just yeah, I see what's happening here. 
Inspiring and... Child is not um <laughs> is super fun to watch. I don't know. Um like I don't know. I feel like they really, really, really want us to love Keith. And like I just don't. Um he's definitely better than I thought he would be, like times a hundred, but stills like okay. Um mm-hmm. I hated how he, he just got to like narrate all of Manu's content. Like it was super weird. Like yeah, he has the growth edit thing going on, but then it was like, wow, I like Reem, and then Reem's like, I'm not a mom, and then it's like, I'm gonna have some one-on-one conversations, because I think that's important. And then he's like, oh, I need to turn on them. Like, Yeah, it was, it was very weird, like, I don't know, like... Other than him talking about, like, like that's the weirdest thing about Manu, I think, is it was like, nothing happened, Keith just talked about things happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird how, like, I know he said that the cut and dry, like, way they just said Reem was going home was okay, but, like, it was almost too cut and dry. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Reem went home, now what? Like, I don't know anything else aside from that. Yeah, like, we know that, like, Keith and Wendy are on the bottom, and Keith abandoned them. So, is he still on the bottom? We don't even know. Yeah. Um, like, there's just so many question marks, and so much of it, like, is it revolving around Keith? But he feels like he, honestly, hot take maybe. I could see Keith leaving next episode. Um, like I don't think he has any longevity, despite being the main character of this episode of this tribe and arguably of this episode. Like, um, I definitely could see him being the growth at it, like kind of like a Donathan. But I could also see him being Jessica Pete and leaving next week. And that would make sense if he was on Edge of Extinction with Reem. Yeah, like if they were would. together for a bit. Like he got way too much connection to Reem from like I feel like we're gonna see Wendy Reem and Keith on Extinction Island together. I just want that show. Like, oh, yeah, please no content from the actual Manu tribe. Just honestly, yeah, just show us the comma, tri- comma tribe and <laughs> extinction. I don't know. You know I think that was. I think just the big problem I had with Manu is like it feels so mean spirited, and you see all these fun characters like. Like, Wendy and Reem are kind of painted positively. Keith, obviously. And then they literally go swimming. And the other six are like, Welp, guess we're the majority. And they all yeah, are like, like... Literally, Kelly says, Welp, guess we're the majority. <laughs> and then that's what happens. Like, like, ugh. This tribe was awful. So bad. Mm. And, like, how is Keith one of my favorites on this tribe? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, it's so sad. So sad. Yeah. Yeah, like it literally felt like bullying. You know what I mean? It was like the big bad mono tribe just bands up on our quirky underdogs. Like, go away. I mean, not to get too like SJW, but that majority group is all white and like white young yeah, people. Yeah, not not a good look. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty bad, eh? I don't know. I just but... like the poor like yeah like it, like okay the swimming thing was pretty inspirational like. It was a cool scene. Like it was a cool I scene. Like that, like that happened as a thing. Like I'm glad Wendy and Reem did that. I just hated how then it was like, look at those three doing good things. Yeah, and I kind of think the Manu tribe might be the villains. Like, and Keith might like if Keith is gonna live long term, I think it's okay for him because if this Manu tribe is just gonna be like the cool kid dicks, um he flipped on he like it shows us as he's with the, these sympathetic underdogs so he has a relationship with them and then uh he flips when it's necessary for himself but 
I don't know. Like, I could see him flipping to comma kind of thing. Yeah. Which is good. Like, that's his upside. His downside is he leaves and hangs out with Rima on Extinction Island. Like, mm-hmm. it's, And then uh, only you know, one of them can come back, so... Yeah, it's one of those inspired... Like, I, uh, that's the problem, is I can see the Agent of Extinction challenge where it's like, I don't want you to go! <laughs> like, I guess it could be something crazy where, like, one of them comes back at Verge and then left the whole time, and then the other comes back and they crush yeah, the end fun. game somehow. Yeah, like, that's the thing, is, like, Keith just seems right on Extinction Island, and that's a horrible thing, if that's <laughs> what your premiere's saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And he also, like, the weird part is he got probably the most game content of anybody, too. Like, yeah. theoretically, like, he had, like, a CPP5 edit. Um, he should be on our contenders list. You know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> like on paper, this guy who narrated all the strategic content, all the emotional content, um like had memorable scenes should be a winner candidate and he's just not because it all seems like a for extinction island yeah so i don't know poor keith yep i guess moving on to kelly wentworth who apparently really loved her friend spencer and second chances (laughs) how did she like do that confessional i i didn't pick up on it like i know that's what she did but Oh, so like Spen- like Spencer's like narrative in Second Chance was just like, I want to connect with real relationships, and this time I'm not gonna be like I'm a closed off person, and this time I'm gonna focus on those bonds. Like almost word for word, Kelly says it, hmm. and I guess that's her narrative. Um, I really don't think Kelly's gonna win. Uh, I think Kelly was looking like a villain. Like I, I think that's the problem with the Manu tribe is they either are in a terrible spot or they look villain and. I, it's, like, not completely 100% sure that they're villains. Like, Kelly's my first person who I consider this way, but there's more. It's just, like, I don't know what to do. I think the biggest problem for Kelly Wentworth is that the edit back dream up. Um, yes. Like, that is the single biggest problem, is Reem's like, Kelly got hurt, I didn't. Why am I weak? Like, and, like, there is, like, biting music behind that. It wasn't... Um, like silly old Reem messes up the challenge. Like Reem did nothing wrong in the challenge. There's no focus on that. Um, like it took Reem's side and just made Kelly look like a dick. Um, mm-hmm. Like it was really bad. I think like this is like fan. Like this is like so many people's favorite Survivor contestant of all time in Kelly Wentworth, and yeah, she just looks like a mean girl. Yeah, and it's so. We'll obviously talk a bunch about Reem, but it's so easy to make Reem look, like, awful. Like, mm-hmm. don't like Reem. And the weirdest thing is they spent a lot of time making Reem look really good. Like, a mm-hmm. person you can root for, person with positive qualities. And so, with the Manu tribe sending her home first and it, how everyone plays off that, it looks weird. And, like, they were, like, honestly, they were pretty awful at Tribal. Like. Like, I feel like there's nothing that will um, turn an audience against people than, like, a big majority of people just picking on someone. Um, like, they were, like, laughing at Reem, you know what I mean? But, like, the edit- yeah. the edited content showed us that she did nothing wrong. Um, and, like, that's just terrible for Kelly, specifically. Uh, like, I think it's bad for a lot of these people, but, like, Kelly was the primary uh, antagonist there, and... 
she really didn't get anything of value outside of that. Um, I don't know. I worry a lot for Kelly Wentworth. I feel like um, I think the best comparison I can think of is Netta and Big Brother Canada 5. I don't know if uh, any of our listeners have watched that, but basically Netta was a fan favorite, returned, and then was like booed out of the arena. Um, <laughs> she was like a legend, like the the most beloved player of all time, and then like booed out of the arena, and like everyone hated her. Uh, you heard stories of like she would go to bars and people would like boo her. Um, like I feel like Kelly might be our villain of the season, hmm. especially with the uh, blood face. Like yo, <laughs> I don't know if I see Kelly as the villain, but that would be a fitting arc for her to be like. Super irrelevant her first season, like fan favorite material second season, and then live so long to see herself become the villain. That would be amazing, I think. That wound uh, looked awful. Like, like when she fell off that thing, I'm like, oh, she's getting meta back. <laughs> I know. I was like, ooh, interesting twist. But no, just especially because a- the immunity challenge happened super late in the episode. I was like, oh, dog. Yeah. And you know what did it again? It was a rope net. Like, Survivor, you know this is a problem. Yeah. Please stop. <laughs> it's like the same thing seems to be causing <laughs> Let's get, get them to dig in the sand in 45 degree weather next. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I guess she at least has a narrative. Unfortunately, yeah. it's Spencer's narrative. But, um, yeah. Uh, season 32 winner, Spencer Bledsoe. Yeah. Uh, that's, the, that's the thing is I, I just... I worry for Kelly. I think she has long term. Like, I think she'll be there for a while, though. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. a good thing. I don't know. I guess that's probably good for Kelly. Um, next up, we have little Kelly, Lauren, <laughs> who I don't think she said anything other than I love Kelly Wentworth so much. Woohoo. It was, it was weird. Like, she comes out and she's like, I see Joe. I see Kelly. This is great. And I'm like, okay, Lauren, maybe you are winning season. Like... You're getting some good content. You're becoming friends with Kelly. And then she is like sort of just pushed back and aside and not it, at the beat, like halfway through the episode, I would have said Lauren would have been on my window contenders. And then at the end of the episode, like Lauren's like, I can't consider her. She's just weird. I agree. Um, I also have a bone to pick. She says that my two favorite survivor players are Kelly Wentworth and also, my biggest survivor crush is Joe. Like, <laughs> whoever edited that confessional, like, and spliced those two things together, like, grammar matters, you weirdos. Yeah. Um, Kelly and Wentworth. Yeah, like, you love Dale Wentworth? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, it was, I don't know, I guess she was talking, I don't know who, I'm sure she said Opry, or something like that, you know what I mean? I'm sure she said uh, Kelly and, oh no, because Joe's on the other tribe, I don't know. Maybe she's just talking about random survivors she likes, but I don't know. <laughs> my favorite survivors are Kelly Wentworth and uh, Richard Hatch. They just kind of <laughs> like I don't know, but yeah, I agree with you. Like she just fell off a cliff like mid episode after she stopped gushing about Kelly Wentworth. Yeah, um, uh, she talked about how Reem moved her clothes. Yeah, and how the sand's dr- wet. Like other than that, she was in the episode. Um, yeah, I feel terrible for her because I feel like this is someone who could be like a really fun character if like they didn't put her next to somebody who she idolizes. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure all season we're just gonna get Laura, Laura and being like K E L E Y Kelly, woohoo! 
<laughs> and it was weird how they like pushed them together. Like we did see that scene where Kelly's like, I need to make bonds. So she bonds with Lauren, but then it's immediately like Kelly and Lauren are literally like Amber and Rob levels of like yeah. coupling. They are a dumb <laughs> they have. Um, and like the weirdest part is like, okay, so we hear that um, Lauren likes Kelly. Like, is, like, one of her favorites. And then mm-hmm. Lauren's like, yeah, I'm a college athlete. And then Kelly Wentworth <laughs> is like, I played soccer in high school. That's their only bonding? Like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, too, enjoy movies and TV shows. <laughs> Inseparable power duo. <laughs> only time they talk. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, like, like, this is just, like, in the Mean Girls Club, too. Like, I just... Poor Lauren. Maybe she diverges. Like, I think she's somebody who, like, I'm not willing to completely be like, there's no chance. Like, at least she yeah. has a relationship. At least she doesn't really have a story. But um, I guess her story is how much she loves Kelly Wentworth. If the story is she starts loving Kelly and then stops or something, like, that's <laughs> somewhere, like, a winner could go. Um, but I think she has a narrow, like, a narrow, she's like, she like on a diving board. It's very narrow where the story could go. Most of them probably is just her being a follower, but I think so. I'm thinking this episode, you had to show it to some extent because Reem was talking at the water. Well, about how Kelly and Lauren were inseparable. So you have yeah. to set that up somehow. Like imagine if they didn't do any setup and then that'd be funny. So I think what we're likely to see is Lauren, maybe to fall back into like invisibility. I could see it. She gives good confessionals, though. Um, so probably a little less than that. Like, she's definitely a lot more charming than I thought she would be. But like, maybe she was just that excited in that one confessional about seeing Kelly. So <laughs> it's a little hard to say. Um, but yeah, like, I, I, like, she's somebody who has, like, almost foundation. It's like, it's like a shoddy foundation that they'd have to, like, rebuild a lot in order for her to win. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Kool-Aid Man Rick. Who I found uh, insufferable. I think you mean Devons. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I've refused. I've made our little document and I put him as Rick because he is Rick. He no he war dog he is not. That was awful. Like literally I was sitting there being like Devons? That's not a last name that Oh Yeah, it's, Jeff. it's not like iconic. Like No. Smith's out there in the water. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's a generic last name and he's like a he's like a nerdy dad like yeah like uh, so I, rick i i am ambivalent i feel like he had that good content we got to know who rick is he was present throughout the episode but he's part of that like manu majority and didn't look the greatest he is also the narrator of the Manu majority. Yeah. So he's like, well, those three, if they just want to uh, separate themselves even more, then uh, I'm okay with it. Like, it's not a good look. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like of the people, granted, of the people on Manu, I feel like he's probably number two. Yeah. Wait, have you said your number one yet? No. Okay, he's probably my number one. Interesting. I think i can see where you're going but i don't agree but okay yeah i would have kelly up there but rick yeah for me both, like they both feel gross now so i don't know if yeah. anyone's up there 
And, like, at least the casual opinion, I mean, like, this is obviously super anecdotal because I, I just talked to my mom and some of my friends who, like, will watch the show or whatever. They thought Rick seemed like a dick. Uh, sorry, Devins seemed like a dicks. Um, but, <laughs> like, it just, like, he... And, like, so many people were excited to see him in the show, like, because he does have, like, a good energy. Like, he's mm-hmm. very charismatic. And then, like... I think this is the kind of, this is like the Kellen sort of thing, I think, where it's like a super charismatic person who's being like subtly placed into the position of like, you're like, I feel like people are really going to hate this guy. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to come around like we did with Kellen, where like Kellen like was kind of okay in the end. Like Rick. I think it's the same thing. Like, I'm sure Rick could be a fun character, but like, like, I think Kellen at the end of the day, like, Sure, I hated her, but it was fun to hate her. Um, yeah. I'm sure Rick's probably the same way, I think. But, I don't know, as of right now, I find him, like, insufferable. Uh, probably the best thing for him, though, is that they replayed that Kool-Aid Man sound. Yeah. That's always a good sign. Um, Not Although, replaying Kool-Aid Man sounds, but, like, replaying things you do or whatever. That's always good. Now I just think of, like, Angelina answering rhetorical questions, though. Like, Survivor's ready? Yep. Yeah, good point. So yeah, that's the thing is like Rick seems like like Rick seems like somebody he honestly it's the Kellen thing like on paper the content he got was really solid he got some amount of relationships unfortunately it was a six person conglomerate but um like it's okay you know he's gonna gonna leave anytime soon but um like he's vocalizing like picking off your favorites and that's a terrible terrible way to be yeah. He's probably think, a little overexposed, too. I don't know. I think we have to see, like... Because there are favorites, but, like... Are they, like, the intended favorites? So that's what makes it hard, I think. I think Wendy was absolutely the intended favorite. Okay. Then, yeah. Wendy and Keith. And, like, I think Wendy and Keith were the intended favorites, and then Reem was, like, you were conflicted. You're like, oh, I really like her. And then by the end of the episode, I think you're, like... I think the story is like you're supposed to be like, oh, please reinstate. Hmm. I think. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say 100%, but I feel like either way, even if it's the the worst threesome in the world, like p- being in the majority and just being like, I'm okay with it is pretty bad. Yeah. And yeah, there's no relationships really shown. Like, mm-hmm. it was Granted, not a... if Rick was on comma, like, I think he's a top tier winner candidate. So it's hmm. a little tricky there, but yeah. This tribe is terrible for him right now. Yeah. Uh, that's probably all I have to say for Rick. Okay. Rick Devins. On to Dan Da Silva, who <laughs> is legitimately War Dog. I'll let him go by War Dog. He earned it. I guess. He was great in this episode, I thought. Uh... I love this guy. Um, He's the one who I think, if Amon is winning, I think it'll be War Dog. Um, is that who he thought it would be? Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Um, he gets the first confessional. Um, way before everything, we get this like like the first confessional of the season is a guy saying, "I'm a lawyer, but I'm not going to tell anybody. I want them to think I'm a big dumb war dude." Um, like I think that's an exceptional early content. So then the rest of the like the rest of the episode is like anything else he does is colored by that. Where like, oh, is he abrasive? Well, he's smarter than he seems. Um, like he he's the only one of that majority who gets to diversify himself. Um, I think it's a little bad that he said he wanted Wendy gone, but I don't think it's actually that bad because, like, 
it's the only way I think for them to naturally divorce him from big mean majority. He actually gives Wendy a chance, you know what I mean? And then, and he's giving Reem a chance too, right? Like he's giving, he's like, I'm going to be the one to go talk to them. Um, and then when he does, Wendy's stubborn or whatever. We get to hear he doesn't like stubborn people. That's good for his game sort of thing. Um, and he comes to a different conclusion than the rest of the majority. I think that's really good for Wardog. Hmm. I think, first off, he didn't feel, like, very focused upon in Manu. That's Like, true. yeah, he was there, but he felt weirdly like a side character. Um, and then all his pre-stuff, well, a lot of it was about, like, how he, people were going to think he was a Tony or a Joe, but he kind of wanted them to think that when he's so much more. But then this premiere didn't really swerve the viewer from that perspective. That's true. Like, it felt like, oh, this is our Tony type. Like, this is the Tony type character for this season. I got it. It's Tony Um, who went to law school. And he's less crazy. I mean, it's just like, yeah, I'm I'm going to law school, but I wouldn't want people to think I'm in the military. It just feels like a Tony thing to do. It doesn't feel like it differentiates him from Tony. I think, like, super smart Tony is fine. Like, I think that's the thing, is I think it is a little different, because, like, we didn't see him, like, we actually saw no one looking for an idol. Um, other than Oh, him. yeah. Um, well, and even Ron just had, like... Yeah, he just found it. He had something to do, like... Um, yeah, no one looked for one. That's um, weird. Yeah, I mean, I, I assuming it's because it's a one-hour premiere, but... Uh, yeah, like, that's the thing, I feel like Wardog, like, all his negatives, I feel like, can just be explained by, like, one-hour premiere... He got to, like, vocalize who he is, um, how he's different than the other people. Because that's the worst part for everybody in this majority, I think, is that the edit took the side of the three. Um, mm-hmm. Wardog's the only one of that six, right? Is math right? Yeah. Uh, yep. Who wasn't just cutting dry, doesn't matter, vote him out kind of thing. Yeah, that's Which true. is good for him. Um, I, and again, like, he'd probably, he's number one for me on the Manu tribe, but... It's like him and Rick, and maybe throw in Wendy as potential uh, winners. But other than that, like pretty dry over here. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just dire over here on Manu. Like I think even with what you said, and I think I'm just naturally again predisposed not to like a winner like War Dog. So mm. maybe that's what influenced me. But yeah, maybe he's number one, and it's not good for Manu. Uh, I guess that brings us to. Wendy, who I just have an issue to apology for, because, oh my god, you were entertaining TV, and I thought you were <laughs> Um Like, you were, like, oh, I loved it so much when she said, like, a combo breakers and all that stuff, like, <laughs> so funny. Um, she's just such good confessionalist, like, it's ridiculous. Um, like, I was completely wrong about Wendy. Granted, I feel like she will probably leave pretty soon, but I guess I was right on that front, but um, I feel like it's not her fault at all, and... I think she's doing fine, and, like, she helped a guy swim, so she's a threat. Like, insane. Yeah, I think the whole edit was, like, really driving home, like, what those three were doing wasn't sneaky. It was, like, all, like, good, good good-hearted and, like, wholesome. And, yeah, the majority just paints it as this, like, awful thing that they did. So, um, yeah, I think that's good for Wendy and Keith, but it, like Keith, it's hard to imagine how Wendy gets to the end. 
how does she survive this tribe? Like, it's really bad, I think. Like, yeah. Like, she got four votes this round. Like, three. <laughs> oh, three votes. It was four, three, one, one. So, yeah, sorry. She got three votes. Um, Which is big because, like, like you said at the beginning, this tribe, like, split the vote for some reason. So, like, yeah. they weren't afraid to be like, Wendy, we're almost going to vote you out. So, yeah, like, if Rain pulls in an idol, you're going home. Like,. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's wild. Or, like, if one person on the ring side flips their vote, you're gone. Mm-hmm. If guess you, you're gone. I guess, yeah, if you think they have an idol and they vote together, like, then that's a problem, because they have two votes. But, I don't know, it's just weird. It's wild. Like, it's, that's the thing, is I, I just can't imagine. I don't think we've ever seen anybody get a vote split on them and then, like, survive long after. Like, mm-hmm. It's just uh, really bad. Um, so I feel really bad for Wendy. Uh, I'm sure she's going to have an inspiring story on Ghost Island, though. Or, fuck. <laughs> Not Ghost Island. Edge of Extinction. Yeah, sorry, that thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is like She was captivating. Um, I think the problem is she probably had the best content on her tribe. But, like... Like, Edgic is only, like, fi- it's, like, 50% the editing and then 50% logic. And, like, like when- logically, Wendy's not making the merge, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. If, if she was in the merge, I'd be like, okay, she's a top candidate to win, I think. But I just don't think that there's a chance she even survives to the swap. Yeah, it's like, they really want us to like her, but they really wanted us to like uh, Stephanie, not Gonzalez. Um, Johnson yeah Stephanie Johnson and they still made her like the fifth boot so I think it's honestly gonna be like the same story like I think we're gonna walk into an episode and it's gonna be like funeral drums start going up and it's like there's nothing Wendy can do she's leaving you know what yeah. I mean like I think we're gonna get that episode it's gonna be horrible and sad yeah but like the, the I guess the one thing that's good for Wendy is like well Keith and Wendy can't both leave next mm-hmm. and they're, they're there's some uh conspiracy afoot to get rid of those returnees so mm-hmm. we'll see but not on this tribe yeah on this tribe oh right right and the next time on i keep forgetting on that. both tribes they're just yeah. they're just ready to go i could also see that being the albert style uh next week albert's thinking about flipping <laughs> so i don't know um so i guess that's probably good for wendy uh yep. please don't leave next um i guess and i guess we need to talk about reem who yep. What a travesty she's out first. Mm-hmm. Such a great character. It just, like, really shows you, like, how much the game has changed because this is essentially Sue Hawk, and there's no place for her on season 38 of Survivor. Yeah. And it's sad. Like, what an amazing confessionalist. Um, like, she got me so good with that. Like, w- like didn't didn't Kelly get hurt? I didn't. Like, oh, that was <laughs> so good. Like, like, she just has, like, this amazing energy um i hope she manages to stay for a while i think she probably will stay on edge of extinction for a while Um, i think so yeah she'll at least i feel like she has like um chekhov's meeting up with keith yep (laughs) which is (laughs) that old trope yeah um i wouldn't be surprised if she meets kelly there Mm -hmm. well i mean it's just so weird because like are people going to be leaving like are we like it's just gonna be like a party over there eventually and like what are they going to do? So 
This might be a hot take. I think Reem has more of a long-term story than three people on the Manu tribe. Yeah. Like, I think Reem... I feel like Reem is just going to be like, I don't care. I'm sticking it out until day Mm -hmm. 36. I kind of feel like, yeah, Reem is going to be there at the end. Yeah, so... I guess it's exciting. We'll be able to talk to about her to some extent, yeah. but I think like, really it felt like she was like the main character of this tribe. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, and we got to see how much she wants it. Like, she's been a fan forever. She got personal content. She got like underdog content. Like, she got everything. Mm-hmm. And then she gets voted out. It's like, oh well, that's stupid if it's your first boot. But if she's gonna be there forever, yeah. Maybe she outlives most of the Manu tribe. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. <laughs> Why does she outlives the entire Manu tribe? Huh. I mean, she... yeah, maybe. <laughs> or she just has them all come back and be like, well, look what happened. You guys are awful. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. I think Reem and Kelly were set up against each other so much that it's got to amount to something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's. That's the Manu tribe. It's a terrible tribe. Um, so uh, that's that's. Uh, now we're gonna move on to our bets. So Joe, who is winning this season in your opinion? Uh, I think the number one contender right now is Gavin. I'm and... going with Julie. Oof. I mean that. I'd love to, but that goofy music just yeah has me thinking. But yeah, Julie's up there. Uh, I had Joe up there as well, and Kelly and Rick were also on my list, but. I might just swap them out for like Eric or I don't know, maybe War Dog. Yeah, my list is if I'm just gonna like uh shot in the dark this right now, I'm doing Julie, then Gavin, uh, then Eric, then Victoria, then War Dog. Mm-hmm. That's my five. Really not a great um <laughs> I guess Joe's probably right there too. Yeah. Which is yeah. Um who's leaving next? Uh, let's just go David Wright. Oof. I think it's gonna be Wendy. Huh. I don't want to bet against Wendy. I feel <laughs> like she might have a little bit more longevity in the tank. I don't know. We're going with Wendy, though. Okay. Uh, yeah, David so, Wright. for who? David Wright. Oh, yeah. I thought you said Devin Wright. I was like, Devin's yeah. back? <laughs> no, Devin's yeah. is back, though. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, uh, that is our show for the week. Um, our website is thewinnersedit.wordpress.com. Uh, there's a contact form there if you want to talk to us about anything, or you can email us directly at thewinneredit, no S, at gmail.com. Um, new episodes come out on Saturdays or Sundays, depending on how busy we are. We share them on two subreddits, our survivor or our edgic. Um, we are on all major podcast catchers. Um, let us know if it's not, but we haven't had anyone tell us that we're not. So maybe you're the problem. <laughs> um, uh, please review us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, as we used to call it. Um, those are great for us. And sometimes we'll do show notes like our edgic charts or other helpful links for the season. Um Twitter-wise, I did figure it out. You can follow me at J, the letter J, Chapman, C-H-A-P-M-A-N, 9,000, 9,000. I did post the visibilities that I came up with when I watched. 
So if you want to see that chart, that's up there. And you can follow me at Danny Kills Bees. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll be back. I'm excited for what the second episode is going to bring. Yeah, this train wreck keeps on uh, steaming through. Uh, oh, I guess, yeah, yeah. I guess, like, Edge of Extinction looked pretty cool. I didn't mention that, but it looked okay. Yeah, yeah, we liked the way they ended the episode. Yeah. Like, very, like, that, yeah. this is a new twist. So, yeah. uh, we'll so that's our show. Peace out. Yeah, bye.